Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Continue. Why do you hate Monica? Okay, so here's the thing. I don't hate it. Okay, Billy, hate is a very strong word. I didn't. I don't think I've ever said I hate Monica. Those are not my words. Now we're talking Yellowstone. Season 5 started slow, but with episode 3, we're back to the show we love with drama, Beth one-liners, a little blood, and, well, people in suits getting fired. Hey, it's Addison Hager, and there is quite a bit to talk about after an episode that featured an arrest, a revelation, and a promise. No spoilers. Yet. But if you wandered into this conversation, just promise to tap follow before you go if you've not yet watched the most recent episodes. Billy Dukes is here to break down what exactly Casey saw and what his choices were. We finally know, mostly, and it turns out it was quite literal. Also, I know I need a little bit of talk through after Beth went back to Utah for a boardroom deal that used all kind of jargon. You too? Email staff at tsofcountry.com with questions, comments, and an answer to last week's trivia question. A new one is coming in about two minutes, and this week we'll once again feature your questions and comments. I'm really just excited to be excited about Yellowstone once again because that season premiere was at times hard to watch. More cast interviews are on the way, including conversations with the actors behind Ellis and Tate Dutton, plus conversations with Cole Hauser and Luke Grimes after the Thanksgiving holiday. Hit the archives for older interviews with Jefferson White, Sam Elliott, Ryan Bingham, and more, but let's not wait any longer to dive into episode three, titled Tall Drink of Water. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, Addison. Hello, Billy. Chipper as always. I always appreciate it. I'm in a very good mood today. Why is that? Should we share? Well, I mean, it was a good episode of uh, Yellowstone. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy that the quality this season seems like it's going to return to what I expect from this show. And I think people might have heard it during the premiere. We were a little bit down on the show, but now I think we're right back in the game. I agree. The first episode, I was a little bit leery of, you know, the action. What, where, what were we going? You know, what were we doing? Where were we headed? And I definitely think this episode gave us some faith and some excitement for sure. But before we dive into all of that, because I know that we're both excited, let's hear the trivia answer from last week. And then we have a new one this week. Last week's question, I thought was pretty hard. And it might have been too hard because... <laughs> Did no one answer? 
we got a lot of answers and it's possible one person answered it correct late. Let me explain. The question was, counting 1923 and counting the baby in Monica's belly, how many actors have we seen play a character named John Dutton in this franchise? Isn't it five? Explain. <laughs> I was worried you were going to make me explain this. Okay. So you have, uh, you, like you just said, baby baby John in Monica's yep. belly. Then you have John Kevin Costner. Then you have John, uh, uh, not Lucas Tidwell. Oh, my gosh. John, jo- Josh Lucas? Josh Lucas. Jo- yeah, um, yeah, right. Okay. That's three. 90s John. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Tim McGraw. Mm, he was a James. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he was a James. His um, their their son. Right. Okay. Okay. Yep. Four. Oh shoot! I thought. Wait, Dad Gum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought there was five. Okay, maybe there's. Maybe there's, and we're not. We're not counting. We're in, we're currently. Oh wait, no, that's not John. Anyways, okay, wait. Then okay. I, we just have four. Where did all I get the right, fit? Hold, hold, hold on, stop, 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 stop. I'm <laughs> this is save, a mess. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to save everybody Addison's thinking process a little bit and blow your mind. <laughs> hey, maybe they the enjoy correct, it, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is seven. Uh, what? Seven actors have played John Dutton. Start with me. James Dutton's kid, the little boy, Audie Rick, played John Dutton in 1883. Yes. Next, in a Yellowstone flashback sequence, we saw a teenager play John Dutton. Oh, my gosh, the size of that eye roll, Addison. Get yourself some ibuprofen. How do you not have a headache? (laughs) Billy's getting very literal here. Sorry I did not watch every single second. (laughs) Continue. Come on. And then... (laughs) God. In 1923, we know we have a John Dutton. This is the same John Dutton, not as a, now as an adult. How, however, can I can I pause real quick? Technically, we haven't seen that yet, so that was unfair if anyone got close. But the actor has been named. <laughs> no mercy. Okay, continue. Then the one that you're missing is Kevin Costner's character's dad. Yes. Who oh. the, act, the actor is famous. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the old guy who dies. Yes. Then Josh Lucas, then Kevin Costner, and then Baby, who never really has a scene, but I said count them. So that's how we get to seven. Did anyone say seven? Or if people said six, I would give them six because of the whole flashback 1923 uh, scene. Lots of sixes. And actually, people didn't miss the 1923 flashback. They missed oh. uh, John Kevin Costner's dad. But after Renee got it wrong, I told her, and she came back around late and said seven because I forgot the dad. And that's absolutely correct, Renee. I'll get back out in touch with you, and then you can have a punishment TBD because she was really the only one who came back and correctly answered seven for that question. Wow. Good job, Renee. Renee, Billy really likes dad jokes. So if you want him to you know, tell you some dad jokes, he's he's been itching to tell those. <laughs> For my birthday, my my sons uh, got me a okay. dad jokes book. I'll have to pull that out really? sometime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next time we'll start a monologue. Me. Actually, <laughs> a bonus episode. Okay. What's this week? 
cast member John Emmett Tracy plays Ellis Steele. He's the lawyer for Market Equities. One of his other credits is in a Western where he saves the life of this country singer. I'm going to tell you right now, I have no earthly idea, but I'm really excited to hear other people's answers and learn. Someone will get this one. He has a John Emmett Tracy has a, a decent size um, filmography, but only one or two Westerns. I'll give you a clue that this was a pretty poorly reviewed film. <laughs> no offense to the Poor guy. actors involved. Hey, it's okay. He really but... came back. Now he's in Yellowstone. So, you know, full circle here. It's okay. We've got to start somewhere. <laughs> Staff at tasteofcountry.com is the place to leave those answers. First one in gets to boss me around for an episode of the Dutton Rules podcast. And um, it's also the place to leave questions and comments. And that's our podcast. No, I'm just joking. That just took, that was our, I think that was one of our <laughs> longest conversational uh, trivia, just between you and me, Billy. <laughs> Half of it was you just sort of staring blankly, trying to count that, it, it up to the right. <laughs> that's fair. Anyone who knows me and has listened to this podcast, that moment was similar to the voice memos I sent. Billy, you have not received a voice memo from me, but let's just say, you know, most people send about 30 second voice memos. You're going to get mm -hmm. three minutes from me. This is why I'm in the career that you talk. So <laughs> it's, a, sure. it's not a bad thing, I guess. Okay. okay, well, let's pivot away from me and my long winded answers. And let's talk about this last episode of Yellowstone. Finally, we got some action and we got more, at least for me, you know, as I've, I've said multiple times so far on this podcast, I said, I've, I've been really hoping that we're going to see multiple sides to Beth emotionally. And I will say we, I, I think towards like, as we get deeper into the season, I do think we're going to get that. I feel like Taylor right now is giving us, he'll give us like 2% and then he'll, you know, yank it back and it'll go right back to Beth. I won't get into it quite yet, but acting as she did at the end of the episode, you know, we get a little bit of a nibble, not even appetizer yeah. quite yet. And then we get thrown right back to where we used to be. But I really, I'm still sticking to my guns of, I, I think, <laughs> or my gut of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we recording this later than normal? I think so. <laughs> You sound like me last season with uh, trying to defend Garrett Randall con constantly and never giving up on the fact that he might be good. You're like, Beth, I swear she's got something soft in her. It's I know it's she there. just punched a girl. She just punched a hey, bitch, we, but it don't matter. I am Aren't someone who just really, I see, you know, I see the good in people, <laughs> I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, let's start. Let's let's start at the beginning of this episode. Or I mean, where do we want to start? This is kind of we of course start with the wolves. The wolves that I told you, Billy, we they were going to know the um uh, it was what the fish they? and um, wildlife. Yeah, thank you. Um, fish department. I could yeah. vis visualize it on the back of their shirts. But anyways, they come up to the Dutton Ranch to rip and pretty much say, Hey, you know, we found a collar tied to a log, exactly how we left the last scene. And these GPS callers were last seen at the Dutton Ranch, which I told you that was going to take about five seconds to figure out. So that moment, we didn't, I mean, I don't even know if there's really too much to touch on there because, I mean, it was literally right, well, the first five minutes. But So take take a breath here, Addison, because <laughs> I feel like you, you've been stream no of consciousing. I have no caffeine in my system either. <laughs> <laughs> you've been stream of consciousing for the last five minutes. So let me just jump in for a second. Um <laughs> 
I agree with you. Not a lot came out of the wolves scene, but I do think based on the trailer for episode four that we're going to see quite a bit because it seems like the Fish and Wildlife Department kind of come back to the governor's office. So that's going to be some real issue. And my theory is that that is actually going to give Chief Rainwater uh, some of the leverage he needs mm-hmm. to start fighting back against the Duttons. That'll be a, a point of contention. Uh, our, our co-worker Sterling had a really good theory that perhaps this is how Summer gets reintroduced into the show. There's a wolf right. protest and she returns to lead that. That could be true, but I'm hoping maybe not because I kind of want a John Dutton Summer Higgins romance to keep blossoming. I do think in general she's going to come back. There's a scene that happens just after the wolf scene where Beth and John are on the front porch and she pretty much tells them, you know, find someone to love while you can or, you know, and you have the time to do it. I really felt like that was a little bit of a tee up for the potential of, oh, all of a sudden Summer comes back in and then he decides, okay, I'm really going to, you know, go all in and love her. I I could be wrong on that thought process, but I could see that that could almost be a, a point of just, it could be an issue of if she did came come back, like Sterling said, for the wolf situation. And then at the time he's yeah. trying to grapple, like, I actually do love you. And I don't know. I, I could see that being kind of a pot stir. Both of those options coming into play. I, I tend to agree. Um, that's how Summer came about the first time Beth was whining mm-hmm. about how her dad wasn't dating anybody. So we'll see on the wolves. Um I feel like there's like things we should talk about early on in today's episode, but I really want to talk about Beth's fight scene. I'm just 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 I'm... itching to get there. Can we go? Can we go there now? Please, mom. Are we there yet? We, Are we, we there can, yet? but let's let the yeah. <laughs> twist my arm. Yeah, but let's talk about. So they're going because I just want to touch on this real quick before we get into this scene. They're okay. going to the bar because it's Lloyd's birthday. Lloyd, I will say, I agree with the rest of the bunkhouse where they thought he was significantly like grandpa age. Homeboy's 58 years old. He hmm. I, he does not look 58 years old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Forty J Smith is 63 years old. So he's a little bit older than his character. Uh, and did you notice, like, I was oddly surprised how they do birthdays in the bunkhouse. Like, it's a big deal. Everybody was coming out of the woodwork to... To wish yeah. Lloyd a happy birthday. They all knew. Even Laramie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's literally going right. out no, the woodwork. No, she did. She did. She popped Laramie, out of the shower. Laramie is... <laughs> yeah, Laramie is back. I'm on a roll today, Billy. Laramie is back with Walker, which I will say mm-hmm. that this is a random tangent, but we'll come back to Lloyd. I, I will say this... With Laramie coming back, I'm sure they had to figure out a way to get her back because they're going to use her somehow in the rest of the season. But that felt a little bit forced. Like, it kind of felt like we could have done without that scene. I'm like, great, Laramie's back. That really didn't add to anything necessarily. But this was the first time where I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, okay, this is before the bar scene. Oh, my gosh. A happy moment in the bunkhouse. We, They're all cordial with each other. You know, fun. They pick, you know, poke fun at each other. But normally it turns into someone's, you know, roughhousing or whatever. You know, not necessarily they hate each other, but it ends up someone throwing a punch for better or worse. Yeah. And so this was the first moment where you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, you guys mm-hmm. go all out for birthdays. There's actually a lot of love to spread here. Let's go to well. Beth then walks in and pretty much says, let's go to, she's the one who started this rally of let's go to the bars. And then Billy go for it. Well, she, she spoiled the fun and Rip tried to shut her down, which was kind of a funny scene where she's like, Beth, I say no. And he's like, Oh, you do, do you? But they end up at this bar and (laughs) 
Rip dances with Beth, and then he's just standing off to the side as mm-hmm. Beth and Teeter dance together, which I I wrote down that we needed to talk about, but I, it's probably not even worth a footnote at this point, the Beth and Teeter dancing because <laughs> of what happens next. But a woman comes up to Rip and starts flirting with him, and then mm-hmm. she finds out that Beth is Rip's wife, and she says, I'm going to handle this. And <laughs> you're like, oh, no, girl. Hold my beer. <laughs> Don't, you don't want to you don't want to do this. And then exactly what you think is going to happen. It happens. Beth cracks her over the head with a beer bottle, punches her two or three times, ends up in the back of the car, car arrested. And because the new sheriff does not like the Dutton family, uh, Beth is going to get charged with aggravated assault. Mm-hmm. It got it went downhill really fast it, for him. It went downhill. Well, number one, I wasn't expecting the bottle over the chickie's head i that one mm. i was expecting a punch but it was the, it was the bottle for me with how i was like oh my gosh do not mess with beth and then i will say i i kind of feel like the duttons are used to at some point kind of talking their way out of things and i feel like this is the first time that we've seen that no one could talk their way out of this moment beth was in the back of that cop car and it was going to the police station so Two important things out of this and why this isn't just going to be another Dutton fight scene. Like Beth is not only a Dutton, she's the governor's chief of staff. Like governor's chief of staff just got arrested for aggravated assault in a bar like that. Yeah. That's going to be Woof. a problem for John Dutton. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Uh, and we we even see in the trailer that Jamie's starting to maybe get a little leverage, too, because he's talking to her while she's in prison. And he's given her the what for this time. You know, it, it's not quite because making her say, yes, sir. <laughs> but if she gets thrown out of the job, uh, he's you know, who knows? I mean, he could be. He could be. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden some other things, you know, it, it could just create a whole downroad spiral, I think, for John Dutton's uh, term as governor. The other thing that I pulled out of the end credits, the woman who Beth hits, oh, her name yeah, is yeah, Haley yeah. Brewer. Haley Brewer. John Dutton's her- assistant is Clara Brewer. So those two women are somehow related. Like that's not an accident. That means Haley Brewer has to be someone kind of important, thus further complicating the mm-hmm. whole deal. I know. I, I am kind of curious to figure out how she fits fits there. Is she a sister? Is she a you know? Now, now I'm now I'm very curious. But yeah, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm interested to see how that plays out because I don't know where how exactly that will play out. I think ultimately the woman's going to drop the charges and Beth will be fine, but it's going to be additional bad press in addition to the wolves. So as we kind of predicted, John's already two steps towards impeachment. Uh, <laughs> So keeping on just the Beth in every single pot that she is just stirring up. She's got multiple pots on the stovetop right now. This next one is Market Equities. And this new guy who comes to the plate, his name's Robert. Billy, who exactly? I I was a little bit, I will admit this scene, I need to watch it again just to like fully wrap my head around it of what everything was happening during that moment. Um, But who exactly is Robert? This was complicated and Mm -hmm. I watched it several times. I think I got the gist of it. 
Okay. Um, but it is, it was, it was pretty jargony. Like, I don't know that people who don't have like a degree in business would understand what happened, mm-hmm. but, uh, Rob or Robert, uh, obviously him and Beth have some sort of relationship from the past because he, right. uh, she says she, he, she watched him snort Coke off a, a stripper's stomach or something along those lines. So <laughs> yeah, of, co- of course, Beth with those one liners that are just, just heavy enough that you're like, I'm sorry, what? Pause, rewind. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you said yeah. that. That's what I thought. <laughs> Quick sidebar, how about, hey, Dad, I told you about my first threesome. And he's oh, like, what? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say about that, but that was there. <laughs> I don't either. I'm like, I mean, the conversations you have with your dad, I'm like, oh. No. <laughs> Which he's not even inviting okay. to. Like, yeah, okay, back to back to this. Back to good old Rob and uh, Beth. Rob doesn't work for Schwartz and Meyer. I think Rob runs a company called Burson International. And I picked that okay. up in the um, the scene with Carolyn and Ellis later on when they hear about the uh, announcement on the news. Burson International essentially acquired Schwartz and Meyer from Beth because Beth was the controlling partner of Schwartz and Meyer. Remember, she got that after she kind of screwed over her old boss last season. But then Markwood Equities was going to take it back from her because Beth had been work- working for Markwood Equities but once she kind of sold them up the river, um, they uh, were out to get her and were certainly going to sue her and take her controlling share of Schwartz and Meyer back. Mm-hmm. Uh, following so far? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm barely M2. So she <laughs> gives she gives Rob and his company, Schwartz and Meyer, and in exchange, what she wants is all that land she picked up around the Yellowstone Ranch. They did, They went on a huge buying spree to pick up a bunch of land so that they could kind of insulate themselves from development. She wants that land, and he says, fine, so no money is exchanged hands, so the board doesn't have to agree on it. Um, that gets her out of Mar- of Schwartz and Meyer. It also shuts down the airport even further because she decides to put all that land in a conservation easement. I do not know what that is technically, but it just sounds like something either. that's really, really good for the environment and really good for nature but really bad for people who want to build an airport somewhere. I know. I'll Yeah, I, I want to look into that a little bit more because that's the part where, where that started going over my head. And I'm curious of what – I'm assuming that won't have anything really to do with what John, um, the men that he was talking to in the last episode um, about yeah. their Yellowstone ranch. I'm assuming that won't – like what Beth is doing won't help their ranch question mark uh, it will yeah i think i think it's related decisions okay. i think okay. she's further insulating the ranch from any lawsuits that market equities brings on i think that's her play and it, it seems to be the final play because ellis says this is checkmate they got us uh carolyn gets called back to new york presumably mm-hmm. to get fired i don't know that we'll see jackie weaver again which is just a crying shame because she was a lot of fun i really like she's a little um, spitfire screen but ellis sticks around but she does it. She's going back. But you know what she does say? She says, you know, let Sarah Atwood pretty much like she's off the leash. Run for it. So, yeah, there's no holding this chicky poo back. So I'm very interested. You know, we might have one Spitfire gone, but there's Spitfire number two just ready to be let loose. Right. So I don't think there's any mellow world over there in the Markwood equities anytime soon. No, it seems like Ellis and Sarah Atwood are a, a tag team now. And, and Correct. Ellis is played by an actor named John Emmett Tracy, who I alluded to earlier. And the reason I knew that trivia question is because I recently talked to him, and we'll air that interview soon. But he shared that he he makes it through the first half of this season. And he's planning on filming the second half of season five, which apparently hasn't started filming yet. 
So that whole plot line sticks around. Well, and once again, I, I keep thinking of Tate and Carter. It's going to be interesting to see they're in that kind of time time of life where, you know, I mean, a few months go by and they look once again, drastically like a different person. So I think from that perspective and now knowing the timeline, I think it's going to continue to get interesting. I mean, they're pretty much, you see how this show has gone if you just watch their age and how they've grown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Tate wasn't in this episode, was he? Mm-mm, mm-mm. But that does kind of pivot my thought too. I would love to talk about really powerful this entire kind of episode for Casey and Monica um, for both the emotional side and just the process of this funeral that they're about to go um, through and kind of what I mean, and we can if we want to dive in specifically here, what Casey tells John his decision is. Um, and I want to touch on this real quick. I think for me, you know, we've been building up for this, you know, I saw the end of us and it was, I mean, you and I have talked about it, you know, we could do it in our sleep at this point. And I will say we found the answer to that of what he saw the end of and his, you know, of having to make his choice. I feel like it was a little bit of a, like the buildup wasn't as intense. Like it it happened and I was like, okay, like he's going to choose. I don't know if we want to go into that right now, but do you agree yeah. that I felt like it was a little bit more built up than the actual end result of how it went down? I expected something to be a little bit more magical, maybe a little bit more mystical um, and yeah. certainly bigger. Uh, there was a similar experience last season, you know, uh, with regards to who attacked the Dutton family. Like when we actually found out who it was, it was kind of a bit of a a sputter of a reveal. And this was as well. It turns out that Casey's big decision in the two paths wasn't like real conceptual. It was quite literal. Uh, stay with his job as mm-hmm. the livestock commissioner or quit and commit further to his family. Um, basically, he just mm-hmm. had to decide if he wanted to keep a job or not. And he ultimately choose, chooses to quit as livestock commissioner and recommit to his family, which John Dutton takes surprisingly well. Yeah, he doesn't even I think that's what surprises me is John doesn't even I was expecting at least him to put up not a fight necessarily, but maybe a little bit of pushback of, you know, are are you sure? Are you sure you actually want to do this? And he didn't. John was like, all right, son, now let's go. You know, like there there was (laughs) there was no there was no pushback. Two more things that I learned from that scene was I think last week we were surprised that Monica knew nothing about what Casey saw and and now it seems like she probably did and also helped him make his decision. Like she was influential there. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done at Granger. We're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The scene where she, you and I have done a YouTube video on it, of the cutting of the hair, and this is the episode that we actually get to see that moment happen. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I saw that going down necessarily. I, I well, actually, I, I do. I first... 
I first saw, you know, her just cutting her hair of, you know, that she was emotional all day above, but the way that she did it where she's in the kitchen and she's, you know, cutting up vegetables and pretty much just falls to the floor and then takes that knife and just goes at it with her hair. Very emotionally gripping. Um, Yeah. Can you cut your hair with a knife? Like, I don't, I didn't know that. I mean, I guess obviously you can. I've just, I haven't tried, nor am I going to do it for the sake of the podcast. So, well, you know, we got a little time. Go grab, go to the toddler, go to the kitchen. We'll we'll do a live, we'll do a live episode and I'll try to give myself a good little, uh, a mom cut, a bob. That's not going to be a good look on me. (laughs) I can already tell you now. Uh, you know, but, how about let's celebrate for once in the, this in this series, we were right. Like we nailed that prediction about Mon- why Monica cut her hair. Like we're now one for 10 or one for 20 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our track record isn't great, but we'll take what we can get. And this was that was an interesting scene right before. And I don't know if you did too much research in kind of the the uh, the why behind it necessarily or if this is. A good question for another podcast. But the process right before this, they were talking about pretty much, you know, how the funeral was going to go down for John Jr. With that technically, Jr. or Jude? I don't think Jr. He might be the second, the third. I don't know. Anyways, (laughs) uh, Monica and Casey. This is this is in my wheelhouse. I haven't gotten that far yet, but I'll get there. (laughs) Sorry, yeah. Go ahead. I jumped the gun. (laughs) Uh, The their son that died, John. uh, John. They're talking about kind of that funeral process, and it's interesting in the Native American culture. It sounds like no one. I'm going to let you explain it because I'm going to really butcher this. But it sounds like. Casey can't go to the funeral. Like, no one's actually going to attend the funeral. I was a little confused if Monica got to go. Can you kind of iron this out? I think Casey's insinuation is that only members of the tribe can go and that he doesn't think that maybe he or John will be able to attend. I have reason to believe that's not going to end up being the case. I think both John and Casey will be there um, based on some things I've heard. But um, I, I think at this point, though, Casey's not certain. He gets to be at the um, at the funeral. funeral for baby John, but um, kind of TBD there. I, I, I am anxious for that funeral, just in case they show a few more tombstones where I can kind of chart some more of the genealogy <laughs> in the family tree. Been looking forward to it for that reason. Um, this is what keeps Billy up at night. <laughs> your, your head wasn't in the same place, was it? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I've, there was my one more scene I really was... liked. Oh, go. Well, I was going to say what I've really appreciated is seeing I, I just seeing Casey's Casey's already been sensitive. We've seen that. But I feel like I've seen a different level of sensitivity in his acting. He tells it really well through his eyes. And I've always said in general, like an, yeah. an actor or actress who can tell a story just through their eyes, um, I just think is incredibly talented. Let me ask you this question, Addison. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I can only imagine hate- where this question's gonna go. Continue. Why do you hate Monica? Okay, so here's the, I don't hate. Okay, Billy, hate is a very strong word. I didn't. I don't think I've ever said I hate Monica. Those are not my words. Here's the 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 thing. And actually, I didn't hate Monica. If you remember, I've been like a fan of Monica. 
But I will mm-hmm. say I've gone down through I've gone down way too many Reddit rabbit holes recently, and I've kind of gotten mm-hmm. the general consensus that every not everyone, a lot of people are wondering why is Monica even kind of a part of Yellowstone? She really doesn't need to be there. So many people are annoyed at with Monica that I think I've started to see it unfortunately through that lens. And I'm just I don't hate her. I just she. I don't have words yet for that statement. Come back to me next week and I might. Next week. That's your homework assignment. Come back to me. That's my homework assignment. That's that's my homework assignment. Uh, It's it's not that. Yeah. Come come back to me. I have a lot of thoughts, but I can't put them into words yet. Come back to me next week. We'll pin that with the trivia question. I'll share my thoughts. Fair enough. I will. I will say that early on, the early seasons of Yellowstone, her character was a little flat and the acting wasn't tremendous. But the last two seasons, I think. Her acting has gotten a lot better, and she's she's uh, Kelsey Esbell has done a really really nice job. This oh, no, season. I do, and it's just, I do agree. Now, as she yeah. grieves the death of her son, you're you're piling on her with your Reddit friends, your Reddit bullies. <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of maybe get to the get to the bottom of that. Um. That's fair. No, I will say she is also along with Casey. They're showing a different level of just of acting of the grieving process and all that. I think it's just yeah, the heaviness of everything and already the heaviness of people on the Reddit rabbit holes of just not loving her. I think it's just added to the heaviness of how I'm looking at the scenes of like, all right, let's get a move on here. But I mean, you can caveat that too. Here I am like, good job, Casey. I can see the emotion through your eyes. So clearly I'm playing favorites here and I'm just going to own that. I have a bit of a monologue. Oh, do, go for it. I clearly had a monologue earlier, so it's it's your turn, Billy. Well, it occurs to me that there's a great irony with Yellowstone, and that okay. is that the show is so much about preserving the land and the resources of Montana. But by doing that, Taylor Sheridan is bringing attention to these causes in a way that makes people want to come to Yellowstone, come to Montana, build in Montana, and take up some of that land he's trying to save. And we see kind of see that again and again at the very beginning of the episode. I mean, with the land was the thing again and the resources. Uh, it seemed like some of the commissioners of the government brought wolves to the area. Uh, the ranchers were on board uh-huh. for it for a time being until their cattle uh-huh. started getting eaten. And then they were irate to the point. And that was just a fabulous scene to see all those old timers in their 1980s, 1990s duds all ticked off at the governor and all of his people. I thoroughly enjoyed that scene, but it was over the wolves again. And what does the wolf mean in this? Casey is the wolf. That was his spirit animal. That was who guided them through that vision. Now we have wolves attacking the Dutton ranch being executed by the Duttons. It's like this clash of ideologies right there on the ranch that I can't fully pick apart and sort out yet, but I know it has to speak to the heart of what Taylor Sheridan is trying to say. I'm Billy Dukes. Interesting. That was deep, Billy. That was a good monologue. I'll marinate on that this weekend. Thoughts on it? No, that's all I get is I'll marinate? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) You said a lot, Billy. Well, you did say a lot. I'm going to need, along with my my Monica uh, mention, I'm going to need time. Well, I hadn't thought of it that, to be honest, I hadn't thought of kind of the larger parallel of the wolves when you interwove Casey in it, that that's where all of a sudden you got me of like, oh, wait a minute. I haven't necessarily thought of it that way. Um, like what is his, 
bigger picture, all I could, <laughs> as you were telling this story, all I could think about is my, I have two younger brothers and my middle one, um, he's two years younger than I am. And he's been big on, he's like this Yellowstone show. He's big on everyone and their brother all of a sudden is wanting to move to Montana and Wyoming and specifically Bozeman, which right. the whole cast on Yellowstone talks about it. He's been saying that he's like, all these rich people are just moving into Bozeman now and yada, yada, yada. So anyways, when you were saying that, I was like, well, <laughs> anyways, that that's the, honestly where my head went. The wolf and <laughs> this is the wolves made me think of something back when they said the wolves were invading and, and, and they wouldn't believe like the governor, whoever that old timer was, who was trying to say, you have no proof that wolves are killing your cattle. Like there's a long history of like government agencies denying the existence of predators. I grew up in Southwest Michigan or I spent a lot of time there and for years, decades, they wouldn't admit that there were bobcats roaming around Southwest Michigan. I mean, there'd be pictures, <laughs> there'd be cattle gourd, but, but they just would not come off of it until like finally in like the early 2000s, they're like, oh yeah, we might have a few bobcats roaming around. You might want to watch out for those. That's exactly what it reminded me of. It's like, what is it going to take for you boneheads? To realize this this episode was incredibly personal for Billy in so many different ways. Well, that part really kind of made me made me think of that because it was a funny radio bit at the time. These people would call up talking about these bobcats, and people were, you know, it sounds kind of crazy. Like Bigfoot in Southwest Michigan, yeah. But there was evidence of it. But the the DNR wouldn't. Ugh, don't get me started on bobcats. And <laughs> another podcast for another day. Do we have fan questions? We sure do. Alrighty, are you ready, Billy? I'm ready to share them. Yeah, I'm we excited. better get to them if we if we. <laughs> I have an interview here after we're done recording, and he might pop on <laughs> and join us if we're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell him all about. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. we can. He can just join for supper at this point. Alrighty, okay. The first one I have for us is from Tori, and says, "How many people have we seen Casey kill since the start of the series?" It seems like he and John Wick are pretty rare company when it comes to body counts to you is casey the leader in terms of kills do you think he's killed the most people uh, I, yeah I, I guess so no but he's so I, quiet about it that it almost seems like maybe uh-huh. not well i wanted um, to say jamie and that's why i paused for so long because i was like well uh, well, I think I only got two more, for Jamie. more loud about it. Yeah, no, I, right. I do too. I, I've thought about like going back to start at episode one, season one and like counting <laughs> deaths, but I just, that's just a grim way to live life. But if someone else did, I'd really benefit from the news. Um, I like the idea. Thank you, Tori, for that suggestion. <laughs> I'm curious to know who, who does actually lead the Dutton family and kills. Yeah. Uh, I just don't want to do the homework myself, I guess. <laughs> well, I have another one for, but he will do the lineage one. Don't you guys worry. Mm-hmm. All right. The yeah. next one that I have for us is from Roy, who says, I hate that everyone keeps trying to guess when the series will end. That has to be the most annoying part about any Yellowstone podcast, but my two cents. Uh, it makes me gag that I'm even doing this. Taylor Sheridan said in an interview that he does, did not see the show going <laughs> nine seasons. So that leads me to believe. It will be eight seasons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Roy, I'm really That's glad it. you do listen to our podcast. Let me just start by saying that real quick. Um, uh, I loved that. He, I like that. <laughs> I, I hate this, It made but... me giggle, but in a good way. Yeah. 
I personally think six seasons is the end. But oh, you think we're going to go one more from this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think we're wrapping up here. Um, I, I, I can totally see his point of view though, because everybody's constantly theorizing, and and then you know when there's information changes, no one ever says, "Oh, I was wrong," and backs out (laughs) of the game. They just start playing the game fresh with new information, right? Uh, And we certainly do that. So. I can't promise that we'll do less of that, but we'll take that into consideration. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Truly. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. Chris says, in answer to your query on today's recap of season five's opener, Billy had it correct. The man behind John Dutton at his inauguration is their friend Emmett. Emmett is a rancher who asked Casey as livestock commissioner to help when the outsider who bought the neighboring installed a cattle guard, causing Emmett expense and inconvenience in moving his cattle. By the way, Emmett is played by Buck Taylor, one of the only living cast members of Gunsmoke where Buck played newly newly O'Brien, gunsmith deputy sidekick to Marshall Dillon. Emmett. Actually, do you know who Buck That's Taylor is? That's his name. Is? Do you really? Emmett. Emmett. Yeah. Huh. I um. But interesting. I. Uh, it was I f- before this podcast. I googled, searched, trying to figure out who it was, and for whatever, I think it was actually Entertainment Tonight. Don't quote me on that. But um, it was saying that it was Lloyd. I was like, uh, it's no. not Lloyd. <laughs> I can tell you that much. It's I, um, not Lloyd. The internet hadn't really figured I that was... out yet. Of who it was. I was pretty certain, like when Rip buys that guy from the Bar M Ranch a shot, I, I thought that guy had to be someone. So I actually was looking at the credits to figure out who that guy was. I figured it was like a Buck Taylor kind of character. Uh, it didn't end up really being anybody, I, so I don't yeah. really know what the purpose of him buying that guy the drink was. But um, thank you, Chris. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, these characters get a little foggy over time, unless you're rewatching the episodes in sort of a totally. constant cycle. You get confused totally. as to which famous old timer is which, um, but that's appreciated. That's Billy Dukes with strong thoughts on Beth Dutton's misadventures. Thanks, Billy. What do you think about episode three? Comments and questions at staffatasteofcountry.com, and we'll share the best next week on Dutton Rules. Also, remember if you're the first to answer the trivia question, you get to make Billy do anything you want. Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1923 podcast is written by myself and Billy Dukes with additional support from Sterling Whitaker and is produced by Billy Dukes. Tap follow and please leave a rating and review where possible. Archive interviews with Cole Hauser, Jefferson White, and most recently Ryan Bingham are available at any time and we'll have more coming on Thursdays starting after Thanksgiving. I'm Addison Haker and as always, Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1923 podcast is another great Townsville Media podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.